0: and welcome down to episode 109 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, and the guy on the other screen or in your other ear if you're listening to the podcast, it's Cam Blake, who is on the road away from Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. He is somewhere else. Where are you, Cameron?
1: Um, I am... Hello, everyone. I am um, currently in New South Wales, on a little bit of, on a bit of a secret mission i can't say anything yet but yep. on a bit of a secret mission um and as i speak i'm in a hotel room in katoomba up in the blue mountains I mean, uh, you look for all the world
0: like you're on a beach but that's yeah
1: cool. that's a beach behind me that's where i was yesterday um Lovely. but i mean Kato- i've never been to the blue mountains before this is my first time and guess what i still haven't seen the blue mountains it is <laughs> foggy as hell outside so yes
0: you see you uh, the blue mountains are doing the cradle mountain trick aren't they
1: they are, and I went to the lookout before, and there was this guy came walking like there's a. From what I've done, I've only been walking around a couple of hours um, earlier this afternoon, and there's some really nice walking tracks I've already found out. Yes, and this one guy came up like there's a huge staircase that goes down to the Three Sisters. And he goes, oh, the the clouds clearing out there, mate. I reckon if you get down there, you'll see it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty mm-hmm. thick, pretty thick, and this couple in front of me went bolting down, and I just started walking down casually, and then they came back up with like both their lungs hanging out of their their mouth. And I said there's no there's no view. It's still clouds. And I'm like, good. That <laughs> saved me 45,000 steps. Thank you. So yes, and I'm in the Blue saving. Mountains.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Hmm. Very nice. Um secret mission. So we can't talk about your secret mission, but we will at some point,
1: I'm sure. Yeah, I think uh maybe not for a couple of more weeks, but yep. Um but yeah. I can tell you how, off air. How I probably already told you off here anyway, but um yes. Uh, yes. But uh yeah, I just gotta get some extra images from New South Wales for something brilliant. Hmm. Very so, cool. Yeah, That's so far, um, so good.
0: Well, between us, we've been racking up the Ks over the last few weeks, um, you know, not, not to mention you, you know, haven't been home for a couple of weeks now. So um, mm-hmm. we had our awesome um, Down South Photo Show Ballerine Peninsula One Day workshops last week, which was we very, very, very cool. We did those back to back. Yeah. And then you headed down to the Mornington Peninsula, which is the other side, which is actually in my photo here. where
1: was, was, was the last time we did an episode? Was it before all those workshops? It uh, came, it, one came out on that workshop, didn't it? Correct. That was the last time one came out. So That's, that's right. Yeah, we're all, okay. we're all
0: a bit at sixes and sevens because uh, mm. yeah, bit of bit of time shifting going on.
1: Yeah, well, that's right. We've done two down photo workshops on your yes. end of the your end of the stick. Yep. And then we've done. I've done my little Olympus OM system days on the other side at Cape Shank. Yep. Uh, did four of those, and you've been to New Zealand. I did head over and, to the Dutch for I, uh, for a wee break. And I'm in New South Wales. Like, wait, <laughs> so we're all what's over the going, place going on? on. <laughs> I know, yeah, right. I, I'm starting to forget what my own house looks like.
0: <laughs> I bet. But um, that uh, South Coast Drive of New South Wales, how did you find that? Did you enjoy that?
1: Yeah, I came up that today, actually. Um, so I headed off. I, dro- I actually drove from Melbourne to Walaga Lakes in one day. That was a big drive. That's a big um, effort. It is a big effort. It's about seven 600 Ks. Um, so, yeah, it's good. And then today I've come up from Walaga Lakes, pretty much along that South Coast Drive. Uh, all the way through Wollongong and then um, up into the Blue Mountains now. So it was good. There's some beautiful coastline. Um, yeah. It reminds me a bit, uh, it's a little bit sort of Great Ocean Roadie. It's a little bit east coast of Tassie, but just a lot longer. Yeah. Like it's just a massive stretch of it, which is yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you could do, you could spend many, many weeks exploring that uh, oh, coastline with a camera. I have,
0: I have no doubt. I've only visited the area a couple of times, uh, particularly Malakuda which is Victoria, but north to Eden and then up through that stretch of coastline. It's absolutely magnificent. I, th- I think the thing I like about it is it's a it's more than just a day trip out of a capital city, so um, yeah. it can get a little quiet, which is good, uh, yes. a little isolated, yeah. and people who are exploring that area, you know, they're genuine explorers, they want to check it all out. So I think that's what I love about it. And um, we'll just delve into your background. Um, that is on the south coast of New South Wales, correct?
1: Uh yes, so this is uh Camel Rock. Uh well it's the backside of Camel Rock. I think the actual camel shape is around to the right, but I walked around a bit further. Uh so that's looking yeah, pretty much south down the coast from uh the little viewpoint there. So that was that was last night. We actually we, I say we because there was another guy who rocked up with a camera as you do, and we all sort of sat there and thought, is there gonna be colour? Is there gonna be no colour? And the colour was on the up, to the left out of the frame and then looking south was a bit more subdued. So I did a couple of shots from both angles. But, yeah, that's a pretty cool little spot. Uh, it's also just down the road or literally Stone's Throw from Horsehead Rock, which is a really famous uh, landmark on that coastline as well. So, yeah, it was good. And then uh, it was pretty funny. This guy said to me, he goes, oh, the low tide's here in the morning. Uh, are you going to come back for sunrise? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to plan get back to sunrise and see if I can get around a horse head rock. He goes, Oh, well, I'll see you there. He was so enthusiastic, this guy. And then I got home and I looked at the, um, I looked at the weather forecast and then on the radar, there was storms building up down near Bega. <laughs> I'm like, this is not going to go anyway. So I checked the radar forecast and it said it was going to be completely clouded out at, at sunrise. So I set my alarm at five o'clock, opened up the window, went it's raining, closed the door, went back. So I don't think he went down there. I didn't go down there and got a bit of a sleep in, which is nice. Yeah. Bonus.
0: Hmm. He's he's probably uh, subscribed to the channel now.
1: So uh, speaking of thank you to everyone who subscribed to our channel. I didn't even mention the show to him.
0: (laughs) Cameron, come on,
1: sure. Well, to be honest, we didn't have that. We didn't talk that much. I I I completely comp stomped him. I walked straight through one of his shots because he was (laughs) hiding behind a rock, and then we had a bit of a quick chat at the car and that was about it, really. So yeah, nice.
0: Very good. Um, how many subscribers do we have? 745 subscribers as we are recording. So, thank you to every 745 of you that have uh, done that. And uh, thank you for those people who are considering subscribing. Uh, there's a little subscribe button just
1: there. Considering. Um, Go for, we're, it. We're Go for get, it. Make our day. We're not getting to 1,000 this year, are we? <laughs>
0: uh, I think we'll give it a nudge. I'm confident.
1: You reckon? Uh, I don't know.
0: My background is Point Lonsdale under the jetty. You've seen it a this. thousand times. Um, that was actually that. taken quite some time ago and in the middle of winter. Do you know how I know that, Cameron? Sun angle. Yeah, so you can see the angle of the the, the shadow of the jetty. Uh, yes, this is around midday. Lies. Is yeah. way off to the right, whereas when we were there the other day, it was pretty much right underneath the jetty. So uh, yeah. Yeah. it's got the sun angle uh, in winter. So uh, for those of you who don't know, my area, Point Lonsdale, is an absolute mecca for photography. There's just fantastic, fantastic um, scenery all over the place. Mm. Fantastic compositions to be had, left, right, and centre. Uh, really good spot if you want to
1: head down go, my way. You go. You could go again if you drew a line straight down the middle of Port Phillip. Yes. Or if there was a bridge between the heads, you could start in the middle of that bridge and go either left or right, and you'd get through some of the most incredible coastline. I completely agree and concur. Until you get to South Australia and they get to be boring. Yeah, it's
0: funny, isn't it? because for me to get well, I could there's a ferry service, I suppose, across to, from Sorrento to uh, from Queenscliff to Sorrento. Yeah, I could be there in probably two hours and I think I've been to Cape Shank once.
1: The, the The workshops I did there the other day that is, I believe, the first time I've been to Cape Shank in full. I think I might okay. have driven into car park and had a quick look and kept going. There you go. Uh, and we went to Dragon Head, the Dragon's Head, which is that yeah. rock formation.
0: That's uh,
1: awesome. That was pretty cool. Your photos um, from there are fantastic. We had some really good conditions, actually. We had a couple of really good sunsets, and then we had some big bikini-clad ladies jumping off the rocks, which made everyone happy. Yep. Um, so that was good. We got some real sort of Australian-style uh, photography going there, so it was good. Speaking of,
0: uh, our main topic for our good. discussion is photographing Australia. Tips for picking the right places to take your camera. Um, we, have, pretty we have done zero
1: zero production uh, research on this, haven't we? <laughs> oh, no, But I, I think this uh, will we'll pretty much fine. roll off the
0: tongue. Okay. Um, and the, the reason for this is because we are starting to attract a bit of an international audience, which is pretty cool. Uh, in yeah. fact, our well, I believe our dear Cam comes from uh, an international listener it does, and viewer. It, so, it
1: does indeed pretty cool.
0: Um, but. Yeah. Tips for picking the right places to take your camera in Australia. I mean, we're very, very blessed here. Mm. We, uh, we, And we do like to show off a fair bit that we have got a pretty awesome backyard. Yeah. I think one of the things that I love most about living in Australia and having just recently been in New Zealand, which is kind of, well, let's face it, it's the East Island, isn't it, of Australia? Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, was...
1: do we go to New Zealand? Do we? Do we broadcast in New Zealand?
0: We, we we have we have an audience in New Zealand, and I know this because I had the channel running at my brother's house in New Zealand, and uh, right.
1: not anymore. We don't because you've just called it the East Island of Australia. Forced him
0: to subscribe, <laughs> your brother. <laughs> uh, no, nah, and um, where was I going with this? Oh, that's right. Um, it's the lack of people. Can we're mm. we're very very lucky. Lucky we are. I think we're the country with the well, aside from Antarctica. We yep. have the least people per square kilometre or square mile mm. uh, on yeah, the planet so right. yeah, for our size. So, and of course, ninety five percent of that population is around the uh, around southeast the coast, the mm. east and southeastern coastline. So um yeah. we've got lots of awesome places, like that place behind you where you can pretty much find a stretch of beach all to yourself. So to me, that's one of the real draw cards of photographing. Mm. Here in Australia, I've been lucky enough to travel a little bit and every most places I go that are popular landscape spots, you are battling yeah. 10 other photographers to try and get that shot.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, we are definitely uh, promoting our little show overseas and there's a lot of people that do come to Australia to take photographs as well as us, like, you know, it's proven with our little workshops, people just love getting out yeah. and taking photos. But oh, I thought we could talk about some of the things... And this is, I'm, I'm learning this as I do my little trip through New South Wales and going to some places I've never been before, um, you know, embarrassingly. I've never been to the Blue Mountains. I've never been, I've only been to Sydney a couple of times and stuff. So yeah. um, I thought it'd be good to talk about, you know, if you're preparing for a trip to go somewhere around Australia to take photos, what are some of the essential things that you need to do before you go and then when you get there? And I think yeah. I think you touched on it just there in regards to how many people go to these places, Um I think if you're looking to travel around some of these amazing spots in Australia, the first thing I'd be doing is looking at what time of year you go. And if you can, like I'm here in the blue mountains and this is like clearly one of the most popular places in the world. And today there was hardly anyone around because it's middle end of school holidays, middle of the week. Um, I've been able to book accommodation the day before I get here and just, just rock up and stay somewhere. So planning your time to go, I think if you can plan outside school holidays, Um, unless you've got um, But plan outside of school holidays if you can. I think you'll find that you'll get to a lot of these amazing places with less crowds.
0: And just a little sneaky little tip for international uh, visitors to our country as well. The different states have different school holiday times sometimes they vary by a, up to two to three weeks so yeah, yeah. Uh, if particularly tasmania i know are quite different to victoria um normally a week or two out and same with queensland so we're about we're
1: about 12, 15 years behind <laughs> don't be like that cameron um, yeah we, we only got a year 10 they don't even get a year 12 yet
0: well there you go see crazy crazy <laughs> stuff um so yeah just bear that in mind as yeah. well people and i'm here to tell you that i think personally Uh, For southern states in particular, Victoria, Tasmania, I think the best weather happens in like in terms of, you know, um, sunny days, sunny summer, warm days, that sort of stuff. Uh, The best days happen in February and March. Um, Mm. That's from my experience. It's kind of like school goes back, sun comes out, which is a bit sad for people, you know, kids having school holidays, but that's pretty much how it's been playing out over the last probably three or four years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, like we are, the school holidays are a bit different. Um, they usually, there is a few different weeks involved. Yep. Uh, we're, we're usually a couple of weeks behind New South Wales, I think it is, or Victoria. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But yes, um, it, it can make a big difference. And I think uh, for yeah, Southern states, like Victoria, Tassie, even where I'm here now, um, I think March, April would be a good time because you're going to start, yeah. the weather's going to be not stupidly hot, not that we've had a really hot summer anyway, but um, you're going to avoid some of that summer crowds, summer holiday stuff, especially if you're doing coastal yeah. and you'll also start to see some of the, the trees starting to change and the color starting to get a bit richer and stuff like that. So definitely a good idea if you can plan your, your trip, uh, and most people plan these trips months in advance. So, yeah. um, so that'd be one of, that'd be one of my big tips is spend a lot of time planning where you're going to go, but what time you're going to go, um, yeah. And most every season, will have a school holidays and busy times. But if you if you play around with the shoulder time of those, you'll be able to miss a lot of those crowds and still get you know the same shots with the same color and same location and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think as well, when you're when you're traveling, now you just you just mentioned it yourself. You said, uh, you know, I feel ashamed because I haven't been to these places. Well, yeah. Cameron, I'm here to tell you, in the last two days, you have driven right across Europe so yeah, no, it's you nuts know, it, isn't it it is it's crazy we, we've got a really big country and yeah. people underestimate that i mean i, I talked to a lot of people you uh, listeners may remember a few episodes back I, I met a lovely american couple at the 12 apostles and they were traveling with their two young daughters mm-hmm. and um they uh had planned i think five weeks in australia and that they quickly realised that that's not nearly enough and they had to start sacrificing things they wanted to see to mm. see some of the highlights purely because of the travel times. Um, they, they'd hired a, I think they had a, a motorhome RV sort of thing and they were they were travelling and, and, yeah, I mean, you know, even even to get across the second smallest state in Australia, Victoria, it's, mm. it's 10 hours from end to end. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and as I say, you could cover four or five countries in Europe in 10 hours.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah. Like we we did the same thing when we went to America a few years. We did six weeks in America, and we only we only really saw California, yeah, uh, and and a few other little states around there. So yeah, it is a big country, um, and I think uh, you know for people overseas wanting to travel purely for photography, um, you're not going to be able to do it in five weeks. You need to no. you need to give yourself six months to do this country and yeah. to see a lot of these spots that you want to go to. Yeah. Uh, for, for people that live here it's a bit different we can sort of go in and out we can fly to different places and spend different holidays around the place but um yeah it, it is a big place and I think one of the big mistakes people make especially with their travel photography as well is that they go to these places and they just expect they're going to get some cracking shots every, every night they go somewhere every day they go somewhere everything's just yeah. going to be perfect and a lot of times it isn't a classic example of where I am today I was hoping to get a sunset over the blue mountains and it's it's fogged out. It's you know it's ten meters visibility. So instead of throwing my to- my toys out of the cot and going home, I I went for a walk and I thought I found some beautiful gums and I found some beautiful ferns with fog. So that'd be another tip I'd say is if you're going to a place, try and research not only just the great photos, but maybe try and research the foggy conditions or the the wet conditions of where you're going. It's just so you can get an idea that okay, if the weather's not great. Okay, I know there's that spot I've seen online that looks good whether it's rainy or foggy Um, because you can get disappointed real quick if you go somewhere for a photo shoot and then it's just like uh, nothing going on and you sort of lose a bit of inspiration. So
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's um, fresh advice or new advice, but these days using Google Photos is amazing. So you know you can have your map. You can turn on points of interest on the map, on Google Maps, and you can – I mean, I do it now when I'm going to a new place just to give myself – Maybe a few starting points, or maybe to keep a few point, a few places up my sleeve that that, that if other places fall through, yeah. um, you know, places I can go to where I can still manage to, you know, ply my craft and get a get a mm. few shots. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon I've done that for probably the last ten years since, well, probably longer since Google Earth has been around. Really, yeah. So, uh, pla- it's, so it's
1: plans a-, a, B, and C. You mean?
0: Yeah, that's right. And when you know, if Plan A for you know, everyone, everyone, I think travels to a certain location wanting a particular photo, like in their mind's yep. eye, they've got right. I know I'm going to get that shot at Uluru yep. with the, uh, you know, with the sunset and all, that, and the classics, and I'm going to get get the some apostles or yep. wherever it may be. But you know, sometimes within a few kilometers of these places are mm. just as breathtaking locations. They may just not quite be as popular, yep. uh, or as accessible. And they're the ones that I love. They're the places, and and to to a further extent as well. When you find yourself in these places, and I'm, Cam, I'm sure, you know, over the next day or two, you'll probably end up doing this: is talk talk to the locals, like, and yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking for this sort of photo. Any ideas? And yeah, you'd be amazed, exactly. mate. Pe- people, we're, we're pretty we're pretty approachable mob here in Australia. We're... we're You can talk to us.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've been talking to another photographer, uh, Adam Edwards, who we probably should get on the show one day. He's a lovely, lovely guy and a great photographer in his own right. Um, He's been to Blue Mountains a thousand times. And I said, "I'm going here, mate." Where any suggestions? He's like, "Try here, try here." You know, Google, Google pin here, Google pin there. If it's like that, go here. So you're right. um, You know, a lot of local photographers or people that visit the region frequently are usually pretty okay to give up information. Like I know people come to Tassie, I've always been happy to say, you know, I get a lot of people asking about Cradle Mountain, you know, can you get into Cradle Mountain? Can you drive in all those kind of questions? And I'm happy to answer them. Um, yeah. If there's some little secret spots that, you know, we don't want people trouching on, I might keep them to ourselves. But, um, but yeah, most people are very sort of open with their ideas of where you can go and when to go. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be another tip is, you know, do your Google image search. Um, and if you find it on the Google image search, it'll probably show you who's taken that photo. If you go and have a look at their work, you know, you'll probably see they've done the same thing we've said where they've gone to the, you know, Uluru, but they've also got photos from all around that surrounding area that you might not realize are there. So it's a great yeah. resource. Same as well, Instagram. Instagram is a great resource as well for that.
0: Well, it's probably about the only good thing about Instagram now.
1: Uh, yep, that, that would be true. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, while I think of it, and it's kind of is on the topic, a shout out to Patrick from New York, who was in my store a couple of days ago. I helped him out with a uh, sensor clean on his Fujifilm XT5. Uh, he had a very stubborn spot on his sensor which I was able to move for him and uh, he told me he would subscribe to the show, so hello Patrick. Yeah. Um, he'd Have you been to the Australian April. Oh, yes. He'd been to the Australian Open with his wife, and they decided to hit the road for a few weeks after the Australian Open tennis, right. and they headed my way, which was great. And as I was cleaning the sensor for him, uh, he started asking me questions about where he should go and take some nice photos. And uh, yeah, yeah. goodness me, did he strike a little gold mine! Yes.
1: <laughs> did you oh, tell yeah. him all the good spots?
0: Oh, look, I, I just, you know, it's so easy for me because I know the area so well. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell him all, all the spots. Of them. But well, you know, I told him I told him the ones that would would make his day. Um, and he's just unsubscribed now. He's like, "You bastard!" Yeah, he, no, no. He he, <laughs> he he was actually they were, they were lovely people, really really yeah. cool to have him here. And they uh, uh I, I explained to them uh, about the summer apostles and what time of yeah. day you should get there and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And because and similar to you know to what I was saying before, that was the gold medal shot he had in mind. He wanted that yeah. photo. You know, he was going down the Great Ocean Road to get that photo, yeah. and you can get really. Uh, pardon the pun, focused on that goal, you know, yeah. and forgetting that hang on, the journey is just as good and I can tell you cool. from Ocean Grove to the Summer Apostles is about yeah. a 300k drive and there would be 400,000 locations from here to there. I was going
1: to say, like, yeah, you're right, people get fixated on those one locations Yeah. Um, and like you said, that you know, the journey you know, the, the photo at the end is all about the journey that you get there, so it's yeah, the right. same, same here, like I've driven past some real amazing landmarks, but Along the way, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool shot. That looks, oh, that's really cool. I'm sure people yeah. have seen it before, but yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah, another tip would be don't get sucked in to just those Instagrammy tourism shots. Get them. I, I always say it on my workshops, here's Cradle Mountain. Get your Cradle Mountain shot. That's awesome. That's right but then let's once we've nailed that one let's really start to work our compositions and do something yeah. different so yeah.
0: we, which is what we'll do on the Great Ocean Road workshop as well come in May which is two spots left for um oh. two spots one spot two anyway two there's spots. not many spots left for that yeah. um is we you know when we do our 12 apostles shoot it will be exactly the same it'll be right guys yeah there's your 12 apostles let's get that and now let's play and that's yeah. what I that's what I love about locations is uh you know you can you bag the shot straight away, shoot first, ask questions later. I always say that at my workshops, Um, get it in their bag.
1: And then, then you're away. So. Well, it's funny. We we had that conversation at the uh, Cape Shank workshops. I did is everyone, you know, I said to everyone, there's the lighthouse. Let's, let's just grab that shot of the lighthouse, make a good one, but then let's try and work our angles and let's work our foregrounds and have something interesting. So that, that lighthouse just doesn't become one of the 10,000 photos that are on Instagram or Google images that you see, you want something that will stand out a bit differently and, and I said by doing that and practicing that, not only does it make your photos a bit better, but it also, you know, hones your skills as a photographer as well, because you start looking at things differently. So yeah.
0: Yeah. As, um, as a as a great photographer once said, you don't take a photo, you make a you photo. Make a photo, that's right. And um, um, you know, part of that process is, you know, taking that photo, sure, getting the shot, but then yeah.
1: making making the images after that. Yeah. And and that's right. And getting getting the right um Getting the right shots when you're there um, that look different to others. I think that's really part of making that shot. Um if you can if you can create something from a spot that's so popular, um, you know, that that makes you a better photographer, I think. So yeah. Hey, no um, doubt. I've got I've got another tip. And yes. I've just been I've been playing off off, off air here. So yes. three three things that I've got on me right here that you don't forget on the trip and I would take extra of. Okay. Battery.
0: Battery tick. Uh,
1: tick. Have one of those in your glove box, memory card.
0: Memory card. That's that's been our pro tip from episode tip. one,
1: mate. <laughs> been your pro tip. Do I have one in my glove box yet? <laughs> Probably no. not. No. You just recently one, got a new car, so I can't blame you, sir. So. And the other one is your little tripod mount.
0: Oh my goodness,
1: yes. I I take a couple of those on me because, and I keep one in the bag because I I'm for some reason I'm stupid. I take mine off sometimes if I <laughs> for if some I'm, reason you're stupid. stupid. Well, sometimes <laughs> I get back to the the room or the whatever or back to my desk and. I'll sort of give my camera a bit of a clean and I take that off and put it back on the tripod or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I'll take it off and put it aside. And then sometimes I take it off and I get out in the field. And I'm like, oh shit, I've completely, I've left that bloody thing at home. Lucky for me with the camera I use, it's got yes. really good image stabilizing and I don't need a tripod as much, yes. but those, those tripod plates, you know, they're really good to have a spare one in your bag just in case you lose one or falls off or something like that. Cause if you don't have that and there's this epic scene going on where you need a tripod, you're a little bit up that creek without a paddle if you don't have yes, one.
0: Absolutely. Uh Fair. completely agree. Um Cameron if you had to aside from those three essentials which people who take photos and listen to the show would have all that gear on them for sure. Would there be one particular piece of kit if you were travelling to Australia? Yes. That you should bring. Uh other, outside of those three. I've got I've got one in mind so I'll see if you
1: Okay. Uh, I'll go a circular polarizing filter. That was the one I was going to say. Oh, it's, damn it's, it. it's absolute, absolute essential, is it not? It is essential. Um, I would... It's amazing still, like even on the weekends gone, how many people didn't have a circular polarizer? Or don't all, even know about them. Or just don't want them. Like some people just get them. Yeah. They like. So those that don't know, it's that little spinny... There, look at that. Okay. Oh, wow. And spin it there. That's a circular That's... polarizer there. But um, some people are just reluctant to use them. Full stop. And I think it all comes down to that they just can't see the effect of it going on very well. But yeah. if you're coming to Australia, we have lots of blue skies, we have lots of blue water, we have lots of green trees, we have lots of different colours, red dirt, red dirt and rocks that all reflect light. So yes. bring a circular polarizer, um, absolutely. And I would bring a cleaning cloth because we also have lots of dust, sand, salt sea water, spray. some rainforests, waterfall water and beer usually that, that ultimately gets spilled on you if, you're if to you to Australia. If you would
0: like to buy us a beer head to dsps.com.au you're like getting um,
1: these plugs can i
0: can i expand a little bit on the polarizer um i got What's a little wrong? bit surprised by so when we did our workshop and in, in fact when we were right there under the jetty there yes um i got really surprised by the number of people that had a polarizer one that was a surprise yes. two had no idea how it worked um weird on, one. So over the over the course of the two days we had 20 people. Yeah. I would like to say five to six of them had no idea that the end element spun independently of the lead element. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just took it for granted that people understood how circular polarizers work. So, folks, when you put your polarizer on, don't just put a polarizer on and think jobs done spin the end element whilst you're looking through the viewfinder or looking at your screen and have a look at the change that it makes yeah um, it does and it's dramatic and it was yeah. actually it was it was within the first 10 minutes of the workshop one of the ladies had a polarizer on I said oh now twist the end element she went oh that's how you unscrew it and I said no no Twisty and element while you and and you could literally hear the penny drop. And it was, mm. I, I made a quip. I was just like, well, that was worth the price of admission. And she just looked at me and said, You actually don't know how right you are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah.
0: no idea that that's how it worked.
1: <laughs> it's, I think our next little thing, if we get onto it, if we're, if we're finished, there's probably plenty of tips we can give. But the yep. next little thing on our little run sheet it, 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 it relates exactly to that. And yes, I think there is a, I think there's a pandemic going on. I'm, I'm scared to use that word, <laughs> but I think there is a pandemic on going on in Australia with photographers who are overwhelmingly getting bogged down with information. They, they are reading too much. They are watching too much. They are listening too much. They are trying too many ways to do things. And there's three things that consistently, maybe four now that you've mentioned a circular polarizer, but there's three things that consistently come up with me on workshops. With I would bet my my left bollock that it always happens. <laughs> uh, one would be the circular polarizer. I can't see the effects of it, yeah. and and I've just been told it's not worth using it because you can do it in post anyway. That's one of the myths that I get a lot, which is the a load one, of which is a load of bollocks. Um, the other one is um megapixels. The more megapixels, the better the camera, the better photography will be. Bollocks. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, the next one is sharpness. The amount of people that look at a photo on a screen, zoom in 1000% and go, Oh, it's not sharp. This camera's broken. I hate this camera. It doesn't do what it's doing. Well, it should be sharp. That one, you know, you're, you're zooming in on a, on a resolution screen a million percent. It's not going to work. And the last one is noise. I, I had a big conversation on my last Cape Shank uh, workshop about noise. We had a customer who. Uh, Stated that she had a lot of noise in a lot of her photos, and um, the conversation was along the lines that she was using very high ISOs without a tripod in low light conditions, um, where she wasn't able to use a tripod. But the the conversation really became about noise is not a problem anymore. Like we've got things that can fix noise, we've got things that can fix sharpness, we've got things that can fix megapixels, so. You know, why are we worrying about these three things? And the, the common response to everyone that was on these workshops over the last few weeks was, yeah, but the guy on YouTube said this, or I read this on on this thing, or the guy at the camera club, or the lady at the camera club said this, or the judge at the camera club said this. I think there is a pandemic of information overload going on with, with yeah. enthusiast photographers, and I think it's our job to make it stop. I completely I don't know
0: how wholeheartedly agree. Um I, I think I think also there's a there's a reluctance for people to ask for help. So, um, and I'll use uh, the Bright Festival of Photography as an example of this. Mm. Now, I came in with you and we did the sunrise up Mount Buffalo, which was day two of BFOP, I think, maybe day three, yeah, day, day two uh, at
1: least. I think it was,
0: yeah. And I was... I was not, I'm, I'm not employed by BFOP. I was just there. I, I wanted to experience one of your workshops at BFOP, see what it was all about. Yep. It was brilliant. Um, we did mention that I was there. If anyone had any questions, I'll help them out. Yep. That's fine. Then and you kicked it, that guy's lens off the cliff. I did. Who then joined us at the workshop. Anyway, just done the story. Um, <laughs> uh, see, thanks. Train of thought gone. No, no, sorry, I'm back. Um, yeah. uh I had two ladies, uh, I was sort of standing back a little bit and two ladies came up to me and basically whispered so no one else could hear, how do I change the ISO on this camera? Yeah. And now they were in day two of BFOP and I was thinking to myself, hang on, you've probably already done three or four workshops to this point. Yeah. And you've been embarrassed to ask how you change the ISO on your camera. Yeah. Um, please, people, when you're on a workshop or when you're at anything... The, the people that are teaching you are there to teach you. Don't mm. feel ashamed that you don't know how to do something because, folks, you're missing out.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I don't know how to change the aperture on this lens. Let me show you. Let me show you. Yeah. That's what we're here for. You know, yeah. and so that's it, right. it really surprised me to the point where, you know, um, I, I, you know, I'm sort of considering if I should have any future involvement in someone, something like BFOP. I feel like doing a pre FOP. Where you know <laughs> <a pre-flop. laughs> a pre flop, yeah, whatever it is, uh, to for that very reason, to, yeah, to well, like a blow the cobwebs off, like a, you know, not so much an entry level of beginners, but something like a refresher course before mm-hmm. people go out to these things, because, mm-hmm. as I say, people in a in a in a group, they they assume they don't want to look stupid, and and yeah. they don't want anyone to think they're silly, you know. They might have the big flash camera and all that, but they don't know how to drive it. Well, let, well let's, yeah, let's show you how to drive it. It's funny We've gone way that, off topic here, but-, but That's
1: great. That's what we normally do. But I think yeah. what you just said there is a really, really, really interesting and important point is that the, they've gone and bought themselves a really expensive camera. Mm. And then the, what I think the embarrassment comes along the lines of like, I've got the $5,000 camera here and I don't know how to shoot or yeah. use 99% of it. Yeah. Like what? And And I'm sure- like I've done it with other things. Like, um, for example, I've bought I've bought like a, a really nice electric guitar, right? Yeah. I, I can play a few little AC/DC riffs. That's about it. I'm not a guitarist, so I have a bit of yep. fun. But I, I pick up that guitar and I'm like, this guitar, like Angus Young uses this guitar, this exact one. Yeah. Why, why can he do that on the guitar and I can't? That's right. And I feel guilty. I feel like I'm like I've just wasted all this money on this guitar. It looks great, sounds good when you play a chord. Yeah. But really, is like is it out of my league? And I think mm. people have. A similar sort of feeling with photography. They buy these cameras, and then they get them out of the packet, and they go and use them. All of a sudden, they're like, "Oh my god, I don't know anything!" And I've got I've got this camera that's meant to be able to I'm meant to be able to show how to do everything. Um, we had you know these Olympus days we did or the OM days. In the last weekend, I've sold six or seven different OM systems. So people have changed from Canon R fives, Canon R sixes, Nikon Z eights. Um, they've upgraded from different Canons and Sony's. Or well, they've gone to this. And one of the biggest reasons they've all said it is like, oh, it just seems like it's easier to use or it's you know, that menu is a lot easier. It's a lot smarter to use and it's half the price of everything else. So I think people are getting to a point where they realize they're like, Jesus Christ, I've got this Ferrari and mm. you know, I've got learner plates on and I shouldn't be driving a Ferrari. Maybe I should need to start bigger. So I think the point you make there is there is a lot of embarrassment and there shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, like I say to people on my workshops, there's, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, unless you ask it 20 times and you don't listen to the (laughs) answer answer and don't listen but you know like that's what we're there for you're you're paying us as instructors to learn yeah so like if any instructor worth their salt you know turns around and says oh well you should know that already then they're not the people that should be doing photography instruction stuff they should they should be working in a i won't say it because i'll probably offend someone <laughs> you offend someone. I was going to say working in—I should be working in a bank or working at Centrelink or something like that. But then I thought people would get offended. Yeah, but yeah. I've yeah.
0: I've worked in a bank and you've worked at Centrelink. Centrelink. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. you insulted right.
1: both of us. Both of us. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that that second little point I want to talk about. Yeah, we had a lot of questions on these workshops. Yeah. Um, and like to the point, there was one one day where it wasn't an argument, but it's just like like you you're really worrying about this thing. For no reason like you, mm. you know the application that you're telling me that you're putting this camera settings into it's not the camera making the mistake it's actually you making the mistake yeah and you need you need to fix that and oh yeah but it's got lots of noise and it's not sharp and it's you know i need to have more megapixels so i can crop the hell out of it and you know there's you know there's maybe two types of people that we're experiencing these days is the ones who just go buy the most expensive stuff and, and feel embarrassed because they don't know how to use it and there's the other ones who spend all their time online, actually trying to read about how to get better at photography instead of just getting out and doing it and learning yep. from your mistakes. Yeah. So yeah, and so the topic was going to be: can we please stop talking about noise? Um, I think we we think we might have covered that, but we gave noise a
0: drive-by and then cleaned up a few other things on the way through. So that, exactly, that, that was yeah. fine. Uh but... A little bit of gear talk. Um... Uh, in our wheelhouse at the moment, because I'm currently on an OM system camera, and of course we know Mr. Blake on the other screen or in your other ear over there. He he he, he loves the stuff. Um, they've announced a new camera.
1: Knocked they me have. down with a feather. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Really, I didn't um, even know that it was in the works. <laughs> yeah, well, I assume that there would have been one in the works, maybe. But um, so this is the EM1 Mark or the M1 OM1. Sorry. Yep. Oh, uh, i OM on Mark one, but they've now brought out a Mark two. So we'll do a quick yep. little cap of it. Um, cause it looks pretty cool. Um, yep. I don't know if I'll buy it. I say that with all the ones I find with OM systems, I think almost every, every second model they bring out is really, really good. Yeah. And then the, the one in between is like a bit of a cleanup of things they can fix up with firmware and things like that. So yep. um, this new one's got the same image stabilizer, uh, same uh, sensor. It's got the backlit sensor. Um, it's got the same um, autofocus system. It's got all the same screen LCD. The, the, um, the eye viewfinder is all the same. The battery is the same. The weather ceiling is the same. The charge is the same. The only real difference is that I'm aware of now is that it does actually neutral density, graduated neutral density effects, which is pretty okay. cool. So Graduated actually, neutral density. Built-in grad, so, grad ND built filters. Yeah, which I thought was going to be something they would come out with. Blow me so, down. That's so pretty what you, cool. So yeah, pretty much it, it allows you to drop like like a grad filter, pretty much. Um, it's got updated and improved AI autofocus for people, so people running and walking around and stuff like that. And yeah. they've actually somehow managed to put another stop of image stabilizer in. It's eight and a half stops of image stabilizer, which that's is
0: quite remarkable. Um, it was already amazing at seven stops, but now it's eight and a half. So that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's next level. I'd be interested to test that out actually. Cause, uh, yeah, I quite, I quite enjoy being able to shoot handheld. Uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we we're on the Overland track, mm. being able to shoot handheld on that thing without having to get a tripod out, you know, un- get my backpack off. That, mm. that was, that was pretty awesome actually.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, it's new, it's coming out. Um, it's a bit more expensive, um, a lot of people, a lot of people ask me on the OM days, would I buy one? I might, you know what? To be honest, from what I understand, probably not, because the OM one is still fantastic and it's a thousand bucks cheaper. So
0: it's funny, you know. I've just um, brought up the side by side comparison on DP review, which is um, eh? still going. Thank goodness, it, yeah, it was going to die, and then someone bought it. So thank you, mm. DP review, for still surviving. And I'm just quickly flicking through the differences in the uh, specs, and I can't find any. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, the uh, specs. The, the, I, found, the
0: only... I found the extra stop of stabili- uh, stop and a half of stabilisation, yeah, which is cool. so
1: the stabilisation, wow. it's the neutral density update. ND update, yep. It also goes to seven stops now. The neutral density on the OM1 yep. has six stops. It goes seven, yep. and now they've got those grad filters in, and there's been an update to the AI autofocus, and I believe there's also been an update to the processor, so it's a bit faster in yep. doing those okay. computational things. But
0: So, so your usual slew of updates yeah. to, to any camera system. Um, yep. And still that uh, extraordinarily good value for money, even though they are frightfully expensive, everyone can everyone who makes a camera at the moment can get in the bin. Yep. You're know, charging too much for your products.
1: The end. Well, this will be, yeah, this will be three and a half, three, seven for a new Aussie. body, Aussie yeah. dollars. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can pick up the OM-1 for two and a half, two, six, or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Interesting, interesting times. Yeah. Good, good job, OM Systems. They're still around. They haven't folded, which is good. <laughs>
0: uh, Cam, have we got time for photography word of
1: the week? Uh, do you want to hold it on to next week?
0: Let's hold on to the next week. Let's swing uh, straight into our dear Cam, which we promised our listeners we would. Yes, we would mention. Dear Cam, now, dear Cam. Uh, by the way, I haven't, re-
1: I haven't read this one. By the way,
0: if you are Just new me. to the channel, Dear Cam is a segment where you can write in a question. We pose it to Cam. Um, and, and you answer we, it. And we both answer it. So <laughs> I don't know why we ever called it Deer Cam to begin with, but that's fine. Deer Cam. Cam and in brackets, hello to Brendan. Thank you very much. I've heard it said that photography is a mixture of art and science, with people taking talking about things such as Dutch tilts and Rembrandt light. Wow. After listening to the podcast, I purchased a book on the work of Peter Dombrovskis and got it sent to the UK for some inspiration. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Peter Dombrovskis is one of the pioneers of a Tasmanian landscape photography and one of Cameron's heroes. Uh, I'm wondering what your th- thoughts are on this, and if there are any artists or resources you'd recommend looking at for photographer for a photographer that feels he understands his way around the technical aspects of his camera slash photography, but wanted to take his images to the next level. Thanks, Kenny. P.S. <laughs> I shoot with a Canon R5, uh, but I still love the shit you
1: hang on Canon, <laughs> which we do. Um, you, you do. I don't. I would never. I would, ne- I, would ne- I would never hang shit on Kenny. Um, okay. I, do I understand a question? Well, no. Next. What's next? <laughs> um, so I think uh, I think I understand what he's talking about. That's from uh, Kenny. He's in Sheffield. Oh, so
0: he's saying I've heard that photography is a mixture of art and science, and science. with yeah, pe- right. people talking about things such as Dutch tilts and Rembrandt yeah. light, etc. And yeah. he's wondering if our thoughts on this are the same.
1: Well, yeah. Like I struggle. Um, so, if someone says to me, Oh, you're, you're, a, you're a great artist, I, I don't actually class myself as an artist. I never have, because I don't think photography is necessarily an art form, as opposed to like musicians and painters and story writers and stuff like that. I find, you know, I, I studied photography, scientific photography at uni. So, I find that I, I find I'm more in touch with the science side of things. And to me, when I'm taking my photos, You know, there's definitely compositions and things like that that you can learn from like Peter Dombrowskis and other great photographers. But to me, what I look for in my photos, I'm trying to get it, I guess, scientifically right in regards in the camera. So I'm trying to get the exposure right, composition right. I'm trying to get the focus right, get all the settings and get it all lined up that, you know, the magic of the whole photography light thing works and and works well. Um, But then on the other flip side, there's people I know that are really great artists who, don't really pay much attention to the settings and and understandings of they just, they just press the button and it looks good because they've got a really good artistic eye. So I think it's only one of those things, uh, where, and I think I heard someone say maybe at uni or, or online somewhere that photography is the only art that's a science and the only science that's an art. So it's a, it's a quite a unique makeup photography where it's not purely an art form and it's not purely a science form. It's a, a, a beautiful mixture of both. So, um, uh, yeah, I think yeah, you're definitely reading up on things like Rembrandt, like we did that at uni. Um, I've never heard of Dutch tilts before. I might have to look that one up before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but things like that, yeah, definitely looking at the artistic side of things and how people light things and frame things up, and uh, especially with portraits and and things like that and shapes. Yeah. Um, I think it's well worth having a look down that that avenue of informa- information. Oh, I think um, you can
0: find some inspiration in that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a we 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 do have similar styles in our photography, Cam. But I I mm. I think I'm a little bit more by feel. Um, yep. I'm I do separate myself a bit from the science of it. Um, I don't know I don't I don't, I don't want to categorize myself or categorize anyone. But I, I think um, I think for me it's I've always been a real believer of you see the scene, it appeals to you. Push the button. Yeah.
1: It, it, it's mm. I
0: try and break it down as simple as that. But yep. I'm also not naive enough to under, to not understand that you still have to have some kind of scientific knowledge on the yep. basics of the settings. But to, I'm a bit of a, I can see a composition. I will quite often take multiple exposures of the same composition, mm. not so much for uh, layering or doing anything like that in Photoshop, although sometimes I do, but mainly it's just so I can get that composition right in camera. And that's where landscape photography is at a massive advantage because yeah. um, because that landscape generally hangs around for a little while. So
1: mm, it does. There is,
0: um, and it's remiss of me not to mention that I also threw in a Glyn Lavender workshop uh, in the last couple of weeks as well. His natural light portrait workshop, which I, I encourage anyone, not just to do one of Glyn's workshops, but if you can find a portrait workshop in your local area, please go and do it. Particularly if you're keen on landscape photography, why? Because it shows you all the different techniques um, to achieve correct exposure, yeah. uh, and man, every time I do one of Glenn's workshops, and I've done that same workshop probably seven or eight times now, it I always get inspired for my landscapes. It always yeah. helps me understand light and understand how light falls, well, reflects off, but falls on surfaces.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, as I say, I'm a bit more of a feel photographer. So in in, in my answer to Kenny is. Probably just go by feel, but also use this stuff as inspiration. What people yeah. talk about in terms of Dutch tilts, Rembrandt light, Fibonacci swirls, all that kind of stuff. Jesus. I know right. I know
1: Sorry. what Dutch I know what Dutch tilts are. Now that's where you just sort of tilt the camera and sort of you know shoot from above or beyond or yeah. below and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, you also said there is there any recommendations for looking um, to understand the techniques. Oh, look, I, I think you know, we could we could rattle off a thousand people that would be good to watch or learn from. Um, I think with learning from people with photography, I think a lot of it also has to speak to you as well. Like, I, like I love Peter Dobroskis' work. Um, I like Brendan's work. I like, um, you know, some like um, Peter Eastway's works, really nice. A lot of those are really nice, natural landscapes, which is what I like. So I, my advice to Kenny is, you know, try and find the style of photography you like. If it is landscape, try and find a style you like, and then just follow some people that that shoots similar to that. And you'll you'll find the artists and the inspiration through there. There'll be some pretty well known people that sort of have that style that people have sort of tapped into along the way. So um yeah so um and finally um Kenny it's not too late to change over from an R5 because let's be honest they're not the best. Especially if you want to track especially if you want to track birds. Can you Kenny if you know how to use your tracking system on your R5 to set up for bird tracking with AI. Yeah, leave a comment step-by-step on how to set it up, please, because I don't know. It's ridiculously hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, beer donations for this week cam if you would like to send us a dear cam question by the way uh head us up at dsps.com.au or you can just leave a comment below this video you can tag us email you know you know how the modern world works these days people you Get gave on. up
1: you gave up halfway through that plug then i was like what am i telling to, people how to do this they know how to you, do this if you want to do this no you know what Can't be bothered you. Just um, we have had a few people and i left a few off the list so i'm going through now since yes. our last episode Yes. Uh, we have had donation. a couple of donations from that Mallory guy. Lovely. Oh, lovely good on you, should... Mel. Mel. Thanks, Mel. Um, and, oh, by the way, Mel, <laughs> I made a mistake on the weekend. I was dirty on Mel because I thought he was meant to be coming to my OM day and he didn't rock up. And I'm like, where's Mel? Like, yeah. he's paid. He went, no Mel. to Mel. No, Mel. So Jenny, who was there, Jenny, who, who's also donated beer, you, um, she she sent a message to Mel, and Mel was like, "No, I told Cam I couldn't make it. I was just going to do another one later in the year." I'm like, "No, he didn't. He did. I just forgot all about the email he sent." So that, uh, that's
0: kind of like when you get two ladies with the same first name who book into your workshop, and then you get all confused about which workshop
1: they should be at, and then it's, they pa- uh, and they panic and they're going to catch a boat, and
0: it just becomes a massive schmozzle. And uh, I, I put my hand in the air and
1: own that one. Thank you. Yeah, you stuffed that one. Up. Um, Sue Northover and Sharon Thoroughgood both also. Thank you, Sue and Sharon. They uh, or... donated some beers as well.
0: Nice. If you would like to donate a beer, dsps.com.au. Jump over there. There's a little thing there that says buy us a beer. If you want to, you don't have to, but we don't mind it. We
1: drop a beer every now and then. I need. To, I need to. Uh, before I go, I'm going to send you some beer. <laughs> <'Cause>, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy your slab of furfies. Is that what you want? <laughs> you don't have to do that, mate. That's fine. Okay. Uh, cool. we'll, we'll get it. We'll
0: get it sorted out at some point. Cameron, what yeah. have you got coming up?
1: Uh, sleep tonight, uh, and then hoping tomorrow. The, the weather forecast says that there's a bit of wind coming in tonight, which hopefully might blow this fog away. So I'm I'm hoping after the rain and the wind and a bit of sunshine, we might get something good here.
0: In a matter of hours, are you going to be at the Three Sisters lookout for sunrise?
1: Yeah, I'll be there in about eight hours. Awesome,
0: great mm-hmm. spot. Hopefully, it'll be your background next week, maybe. Hopefully, you know. I've
1: never I've never seen the Three Sisters in real life, and only now that I've been to the lookout. Which is about mm. 200 meters down there. Yes. Um, do I realise that they're actually pretty close to the lookout? They're not miles. Yeah. I, kept, I kept thinking they were miles out. And sort yeah, of no, miles no, no. It. it's, it's all right, right, there. right there. there. Yeah. Yes. Partly, so.
0: That's very very cool. Well, that's uh, exciting. And then you're back.
1: You heading back to Tassie, or uh, I'll be in Jindabyne the next night. Lovely. And I'll go up through the snowy mountains on the way back to Melbourne. Brilliant. And I'll be back in Hobart next Tuesday.
0: Right. And then two so, days later,
1: you'll get a visitor. Yeah. You get days two visitors later. actually. I'll get three, actually. <laughs> You'll get three. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're going to do a walk on the three capes. We are. I'm quite excited. That's a couple of weeks away.
0: Uh, but between yes. now and then, there's quite mm. a lot in this little guy's dance card as well. So um, do we tell have- him. What, are, what are you doing? I'm very excited because it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Well, it actually kicks off tomorrow. It's called the Vic Open. The Vic Open Golf uh, runs oh, for four days.
1: This is not a golf show. Sorry,
0: we have um, one of Australia's most prestigious golf tournaments are on my doorstep over the next four days. So I'm quite looking forward to walking the hallowed fairways of 13th Beach uh, mm-hmm. and great segue because I've also been invited or asked or commissioned, if you like, are you are you no, commissioned no. to shoot the Ocean Grove Golf Club. So um, nice.
1: Nice, nice. Update
0: all their photos for their website, et cetera. So really excited by that because I can see that that might be in my future, a bit more of that kind of stuff. So,
1: um, We're starting a business when we retire.
0: Oh, we certainly are. Yeah, yeah. So starting a business when we retire, that's a, that's a oxymoron or a paradigm or whatever they call well,
1: it. Well, we're starting a hobby. <laughs>
0: it's true, That sounds good to me. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So I'm really excited about <laughs> that because it's, it's my local club. It's in my own backyard. So yeah. um, we might talk about that in coming weeks, how I'm going with that, because it is, it, it's not as easy as it sounds. No,
1: um, no. Go
0: and take photos of a golf course, but make it look pretty. Okay, sure. No
1: worries. We can do that. Sounds like an easy one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, and then, yes, as we mentioned, uh, the week after that is the great trip to Tasmania for a few yes. days. So, yeah. really looking forward to that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bonza few weeks. Someone might have a birthday coming up in that sort of little period as well. Am I right? No, no one I know. of. Okay, fine. We'll move all no. right along. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say is we do definitely have two spots left on the Gradation Road Workshop in May. So, please on. Uh, jump on. Have a look. That is linked yeah.
1: right there below. Oh, you know what we didn't mention what um you're got a little trip coming up later in the year
0: very excited
1: yeah. Very excited yes last, um, because we said that on the show last time we, we said did. that yeah there'd be one if we can get that one spot filled brendan will yes. get himself a ticket to utah yeah going to 2024 and what happened brendan
0: got himself a ticket to utah
1: 2024
0: um yeah. Very excited by this. It's it's going to be – it'll be a challenge on its own right for all of us. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. The three of um, us in
1: the same room almost.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> hang on, what have I signed up for here? No, no. We'll, we'll <laughs> that get... wasn't in the contract. What happened? You're,
1: you're sleeping with Mel. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Perfect. Surely he wouldn't snore, would he? No. <laughs> 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 uh but yeah, yeah no, that's that's a very yes. very exciting opportunity for me so thank you Mr Blake for inviting me along and giving me that chance.
1: That's no, going to be good fun.
0: Yeah it will be and it also you know for both of us it'll expand our repertoire of workshops that we run together so that's mm. that's always a always a mm. bonus as well.
1: Absolutely. That's no, going to be good fun. It will
0: be. Cool. Uh so that is it that's the podcast this has been episode 109 of the Down South Photo Show. Wow. We'll see you for Episode 110, which has got a nice ring to it. Oh, yeah. I, think. I guess so. Um, well, my one will be better. True. We'll see you for episode 110 next week. Mm. Bye for now. See you later.